this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Sam, what's up? <laughs> I was not prepared. You're dropping Sco- the ball real Scooby-Doo, bad. Scooby-Doo is up. A lot of things are up. It's it's episode 194, hmm. which is terrifying because that's uh, that's a few numbers away from episode 200, which I talked about in the last episode. But boy. Anyone expecting a big blowout for episode 200 is going to be real, real surprised. It's going to be like rolling into your 50th wedding anniversary and you just like get a burger and stay at home. That's what episode episode 200 is going to be like. So everyone get ready for that. Uh, It's Matthew Lillard. It is. A month of our boy Matthew Lillard. I'm Um, so excited. Yeah, I guess this is a good time to say that Sam also will be featured on every single episode <laughs> of Matthew Lillard. So your fan club is going to be having a joyous May 2022. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure this was even originally your idea, was it not, that to do an entire month of Matthew Lillard? I think, yeah, it was kind of a, a joint effort, but I think I've been pushing for certain episodes to get done for a while and then it was kind of like well if we're gonna do that one we should do this one and then it evolved from that into let's just do a whole month of Matthew Lillard yes well Scooby-Doo which we're doing today 2002 Scooby-Doo has been on the list for a very very long time and then I think what Hackers which is coming up and SLC Punk those were the two yeah that I think And then it was easy enough to, well, originally we said, oh, and 13 ghosts, and then we'll call it. And then I looked at the calendar and went, fuck, there's five of them. (laughs) So then we had to chuck in without a paddle. So I feel like maybe there were still better options, but we're committed at this point. We did She's All That and Scream, and the people voted. We threw out, yo, where are my summer catch fans at? And all the summer catch fans went, not here. So no one voted for that one. And so we went with the runner-up after Hackers, which was uh, without a paddle. There's a surprisingly big fan base. Yeah, that was a surprising result. Like, I thought Hackers would take it with, like, maybe one or two votes for without a paddle and summer catch. But no, like, it was a close race. It was a, it was right down to it. So, we, we, you know, if there's one thing we do around here, it's actually not at all giving the people what we want if any, and what they want. If anything, we pride ourselves on doing the exact opposite every time. So really, Matthew Lillard should have been, hey, that one episode of that lawyer show he was on. Finders Keepers. Finders Keepers. What was the name of that lawyer show he was on? My wife got really into it during her second mat leave when we were up at all hours of the night. She was watching it. Michael J. Fox was on it. It wasn't Boston legal, was it? No, it was like her husband. Her husband is like a the good wife, I think. Okay, he's on Bosch too for a while. I think that was it. Where there's like a scandal with her husband, and she stands by him. But also, I think it's a lawyer show. Anyway, I remember being really excited because Matthew Lillard popped up in one of those episodes. It was essentially, um, what was the guy? Damn it, I'm really bad for this, Jonathan. Jonathan something he uh, he he did the songs for the portal games people are screaming at their microphones right now I'm sorry my phone is my phone even near me okay it is I'll start looking up this guy but he um, he wrote a song where he he rearranged baby got back to make it into more of like a folksy song or something like that and then the show glee took his arrangement and just did it on the show like pretty much exactly and so he called them out and said hey glee what the hell's up with this and their response was essentially look you should take it as a compliment that we used your song 
even though we didn't credit you or acknowledge you in any way. So this is a really long way of saying that that's what happened in the Matthew Lillard episode of The Good Wife, is they did an arrangement of a song and then it was used in the version of Glee that that fictional universe had. It was a good episode. Hmm. Uh, only episode of the show I saw in its entirety, and it was purely because I was excited to see Matthew Lillard playing it uh, pretty straight, which is something I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of this month. I'm pretty sure we're going to be dialed up to 11 from start to finish with our boy Lillard. Uh, yeah, so we're kicking it off with 2002's Scooby-Doo, uh, our second episode in a row with a 20th anniversary, which is pretty cool. Oh, um, I, didn't think, of I that. think we're coming up on, on it pretty soon here. I know I said I was looking up that guy's name, but I got distracted. So um, here you go. Portal Jonathan Colton, Jonathan Colton. There you go. Sorry, everybody. Uh, and now we'll look up Scooby Doo 2002. It was released June 14th. Yes, so we're pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, Sam, what is your history with 2002's Scooby Doo? I saw it a few times after it came out because I was, you know, big fan of Matthew Lillard and also a big fan of Scooby-Doo. So, but I haven't seen it since. Uh, yeah, I guess my story is pretty similar. I saw it with my friend. I don't know if she listens, so I don't know if I can say her name. I'm gonna. Crystal, uh, her and I went to go see this in theaters for that reason. We were both big Scooby-Doo fans. It wasn't doing well critically or with audiences but we both walked out and went i don't understand that was so good and i bought the dvd and i watched it again and then i think i think i watched it a third time when the sequel came out as a refresher and then i saw the sequel and i think i liked it less maybe because i was in college at that point so i was an adult man and i was like i'm too good for this and now i'm probably not but yeah this is my first go so at least 18 years yeah. Since live action Scooby-Doo. And it's interesting to come at it this time because about a year, year and a half ago, I like to have mindless uh, nonsense on in the background when I'm cooking dinner. And, and before I spent a year going through the entirety of the Flintstones and the entirety of the 60s Batman, I went through Scooby-Doo. Where are you? The original series. So it was interesting to go through that and then go to this movie you know like a year or so later because i watched the cartoon here and there before this movie came out but i didn't you know see every episode of the show uh now i have it's uh it's not great no <laughs> it's a I fun <laughs> it's a fun cartoon there are obviously you know the things that don't hold up where they go hey here's a character from china and you know you know how yeah. he's gonna talk i think i even sent you clips of that yeah so there's definitely some of that and it falls into you know, every episode is basically the same but it, it's it's enjoyable it's a good time uh so we have the live action movie which at that time had been in the works forever going back to the 90s there was a point where jim carrey was going to play shaggy at the height of his jim carrey powers uh kevin smith was going to do this movie for a bit I remember Mike Myers, I think, was pretty much a go at, at one stage. It was just straight up. Yeah, Mike Myers is going to be Shaggy. He's going to write it. Uh, Janine Garofalo is going to be Velma. And then that didn't happen. So then by the time they actually announced it, I remember people looked at this cast and went, oh, really? I think we're just going with these guys, which is weird. I guess we didn't like Freddie Prince Jr. because he was better looking than all of us. So that was probably... That was probably our, our thing there. I don't know why we'd be upset about Sarah Michelle Geller. This was at the peak of her Buffy powers. So I don't know why we would be sad about that. Or I, I maybe, I don't know, maybe it just at the time felt like these are the hottest actors. So that's why they're in this movie. Maybe it doesn't make sense and maybe they don't fit the roles, but that's why we're casting them. And uh, the other thing to note is the writer of this movie is none other than James Gunn. Who many people would, of course, Sam, know now for. He did Guardians of the Galaxy, right? He did. Okay. I'm, a, I'm disappointed that you were uncertain, though. <laughs> I haven't seen like any of the Marvel movies. He also did Slither. First Avengers. Yes, that was a good one. Slither's a great movie. We should get to Slither at some point. 
Yeah, Slither's a good one. Uh, yeah, but mostly now, of course, known for things like Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Guardians in the Galaxy, the Christmas special. Uh, but he also did Suicide Squad, and the, the, the Suicide Squad, and Peacemaker in one of my favorite stories ever where he got fired from Guardians 3 because some old, not good tweets of his resurfaced. And so he went and went, okay. And then DC was like, oh shit, James Gunn's free. Let's get him. And he did Suicide Squad. And then Marvel was like, oh, we fucked up. Please come back and do Guardians <laughs> 3. So he just got to do it all, which I thought was funny. He has come out and said that the script was originally much darker. And you can see hints of it here and there. Apparently it would lean more into parody. There'd be more references to Shaggy being a stoner. Velma was just going to straight up be gay which is hinted at there's a deleted scene where she's in the tiki lounge or whatever you want to call the bar area the bar area i guess on the island and daphne walks in and she velma sees daphne and is inspired to sing the uh the song that heath ledger sings in 10 things i hate about you the i love you baby song but all, all sultry so you know you can look at that and go oh Seeing Daphne sure did inspire her to sing a song about not being able to keep her eyes off of somebody. And there's some pot stuff still left. Apparently they a lot. Apparently they had the CGI some of the cleavage, which is I didn't know when I sent you that text that was like, <laughs> oh my god, her boobs are just right there. Uh, in reference to Daphne, like the fact that they had the CGI, like there used to be more, is kind of wild. Um, but uh, yeah, Sam, hit us up. What's the Scooby-Doo movie about? So the the gang is split up because Freddie is a narcissist. Yeah. And uh, it's two years later and they each get a letter from uh, Rowan Atkinson. I don't remember his character's Mondavarius. name. Mondavarius. Yeah, that guy. Actually, this will be one of the rare times where we'll get all the character <laughs> names at least. Uh, Mondavarius summoning them to his spooky island. And... Which, Jesus, Mondovarius. We complained last week about the planet in Jason X just being called Earth 2. You would think if you were, you know, I want an island, like just an island full of spooky stuff. What do we call our island full of spooky stuff? Obviously spooky island. And then 40 seconds later, that meeting was done. That's the way meetings should go. Should I, honestly, yes. Sweet. It would be nice if all meetings just went, we need to name something. And they just went with the first suggestion and called it a day. Yep. So uh, the gang goes to Spooky Island and uh, spooky shit ensues, as one would infer from the name. Yeah. Obviously, we will spoil stuff. It's impossible not to because I'm going to need to talk about who the villain ends up being because that delighted me in 2002 and it delighted me in 2022. Yep. It yeah. was one of the only things I remembered about this movie was the villain. It's still real good. Okay, so let's let's start with because I was talking about how the casting at the time was not received well. So let's let's go through and talk about how we feel each one did. So we won't get to the our boy yet. Let's start with uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who was probably still at decent Freddie Prince Jr cinematic strength at this point she's all that i think was 98 or 99 seven i thought was it really wrong. wow i could be wrong i'm less familiar with that one i only saw it once or twice i thought it was 98 but maybe not i don't know i feel like at this point he was probably doing... 99 okay i was off shit really that's surprising do you have his filmography in front of you what did he I... do at, like this is probably actually because summer catch i think was 2001 so he actually might have been in the back half of this Freddie Prince Jr. powers. Yeah, Summer Catch was 2001, 2000. He did Down to You, Julia Stiles. Which I never saw, but I don't think anyone remembers. Uh, yeah, he was, he was kind of coming down from the I Know What You Did Last Summer high at that point, I think. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they had Sarah Michelle. Get, apparently, the director, Raja Gosnell, from such cinematic fare as Big Mama's House, wanted a real-life couple to play Fred and Daphne, so maybe they already had Sarah Michelle Geller and went, well, if we're going to do that, I guess he's Fred. 
Uh, how do you think? Not our... a, it's not a bad casting. No, I actually, I think he, I mean, he doesn't have to do much really because the character of Fred is the lunkhead asshole for the most part. But I think he has some of the my favorite lines in the movie, to be honest. He's fun. Like, I thought he did perfectly well. Yeah, I particularly enjoy at the beginning after they solve the mystery and someone asks, how did you do it? And he says, teamwork. I do a tremendous amount of teamwork. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Uh, and there's a bit later that kind of pokes fun at the show where they're looking around one of the haunted rides on Spooky Island and they all come together separately because they're all trying to solve the mystery themselves. And Fred says, now that we're all together, let's split up and look for more clues. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Yeah, there's some solid moments with Freddy. Yeah, I think, yeah, he he does he he does just fine. Yeah, you know, he, he goes satisfactorily through the arc of being the leader of the gang and being a narcissistic asshole to learning the value of teammates because he gives one of them a nickname. Yeah, I, I did like too that like Velma's reaction to him saying dorky chicks turn him on too. That was actually that's another good line. It's yeah. like I'm a man of substance and dorky chicks like you turn me on too. So yeah, I think he did pretty good. Uh, that's kind of a natural segue into Linda Cardellini as Velma, who I don't think there's any doubt does a really she good did a job. great job. Yeah. yeah, she gets the voice. She's got the look. She's a great Velma. Yeah, and I I'm, thought that even in 2002. So me too. Like Linda Cardellini is obviously a very talented individual already. So yeah, she she absolutely yeah she is Velma. She is live action Velma. It's hard to kind of picture anyone else in that role having seen that and i'm very happy that she gets to do the my glasses bit which is oh my god i can't fully express how much they do that on the show um and something that for since i got glasses in grade nine i still quote all the time glasses i can't see a thing without my glasses even my kids now know that that is something daddy says like and so my youngest will repeat that daddy can't see a thing without his glasses like yep (laughs) Uh, so we won't quite move to again, but let's go to uh, Sarah Michelle Geller as Daphne. Yeah, again, I think she does a perfectly good job. Her tan is super weird, which we touched on. Yeah, it's it's I guess I don't think she was tanned on Buffy, so it can't be a real tan. No, I feel like Buffy was pretty pale since she was usually skulking around at night. So, yeah, I mean, the character of Daphne isn't. It's not a lot of substance in the show and there's not a ton of substance here either i mean she's fine in the show she was there to stand around in go-go boots and be the pretty one basically that was pretty much it and get kidnapped which they do poke fun at here the opening sequence is basically just a quick rundown of all of the the scooby-doo cliches um of an episode when they're trying to catch a ghost including daphne getting ooh, excuse me including daphne getting kidnapped and the new mic will pick that up perfectly so that's great my little subtle burp um and that's kind of her arc is learning to not be the damsel in distress anymore and she learns it by murdering a guy and kicking him down a <laughs> hole so that's that's how all yeah. the best life lessons are learned yeah through murder I think- I think eventually most situations come down to kicking a guy in a hole. And that's how you learn about, you know, puberty. Most, most other major life milestones. Um, It's not going to be much to say, but final on the roster is of course, our boy, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. Obviously he's great. Yeah. All you need to even know is that he continues to voice that character to this day. Uh, And when he didn't, voice the character in the animated Scoob movie that came out a couple years ago people were not happy no including him I remember he found there's a good tweet if you go back that basically he retweets the announcement of it and is just like oh well I wasn't asked I guess that's that Uh, instead they got Will Forte who does fine but it says a lot that Matthew Lillard continues to be because for a thousand points, Sam, do you know who used to voice? It was Casey Kasem. He was Casey Kasem. So those are big shoes to fill. And Matthew Lillard's, you know, at this point, he's if you don't associate the role with Casey Kasem, you associate the role with Matthew Lillard. I don't 
think anyone's going to be going, oh, Matthew, Will Forte, that's my shaggy. But no, he he nails the look. He nails the the just the general like movements. He obviously nails the voice. So yeah, he even the back then when critics were saying this is not a good movie, but I think it was pretty universal that holy shit, he's a great shaggy. Matthew Lillard is so good as Shaggy. Um, and then I guess we can call out Scooby Doo who. Perhaps not surprisingly, 20 years later, the effects on Scooby are not they, good. They do not hold up at all. I'm not going to hold that against the movie, obviously. It's, it's 20 years old, and I'm sure it was a pretty mid-tier budget to begin with. But well, I mean, it's a kid's movie, right? You're not going to have the same level of effects on something that's supposed to be cartoony as on something, you know, serious, yeah. I guess. And the interact it sells it more because Matthew Lillard is so good and their back and forth is so good that it's not always as distracting to go Matthew Lillard's talking to a, a PlayStation 2 dog. It's not like when the monsters show up, the, the monsters are way more distracting. Yeah, they're not great. They look really, really do look like a PlayStation 2 cutscene. Their design is very blah. I thought, which is too bad um, if you're going to introduce because the whole thing with Scooby-Doo obviously is, and they do this in the opening is whoever the ghost, you, whatever, even after 50 episodes, Shaggy and Scooby haven't figured it out. But every single time once they capture the ghost is, oh, there's a mask here. It's like, oh, fuck. It's Captain Joe. Here's the other fun thing about Scooby-Doo episodes is besides the gang, they only ever meet two people. So if they go to a haunted house, it'll be the guy who owns the house. And, oh, that's the caretaker, Frank. So you go, okay. So it's not the owner of the house because they hired them. So I guess it's going to be Frank. And then at the end, they'll go, let's find out who this vampire ghost really was. And they go, oh, shit, it was Frank, the caretaker. It's like, of course it was. He's the only other guy that's not you. So there isn't much of a mystery to solve in the episodes. Which is why some of the, the the DVD movies were a lot more fun because they'll meet, you know, seven or eight people. So you'll be able to um, it is a kind of maybe too bad that this movie doesn't lay out more of a mystery that you can solve along with them. I'm just realizing that now as I yeah. say these words. Like the story itself is fine. They introduce real monsters to the world of Scooby-Doo, which they don't do a lot with no i mean like there's not really a ton of explanation on the why or the how or the yeah there's a little bit but it's all in the service of a big joke basically yeah which is the reveal of the villain which we'll get to soon which is just a essentially a giant punchline to to the plot but they've they're encountering real spirits for the first time their entire worldview should be shaken but aside from an initial oh these are real monsters they adapt to this to that new reality pretty much instantaneously yeah i feel like it makes sense for shaggy and scooby because like like you said they've never caught on that they're never real monsters so i feel like they were more prepared also probably due to the the drugs and all that you know yeah, they do have a couple of references to the, the marijuana in this movie, but it's pretty subtle. I mean, writing a kid's movie must be so goddamn hard. Like, oh gosh, excuse me again. Damn it. Really? Adventures with a new mic. I have to get these little things going. Um, what was I saying? Writing a kid's movie is quite a quite a balancing act i would think because you got to have a enough to keep kids like you know i'm not bored i don't want to go home this is a movie i want to buy and watch again and again and again while hopefully at least not all movies try to do this but the majority at least try to give a little something something for the adults but you also have to walk that line of if we're going to give something for the adults it can't be too much. Like it needs to be something that kids can kind of ignore and the parents can go, ah, that was for me. 
think it does it decently well here. Yeah. There were the... definitely jokes I wouldn't have caught when I watched it, you know, as like a 13 or 14 year old. I mean, I was 18 when I saw it. So I definitely picked up on him yeah. saying Mary Jane is his favorite name to Isla <laughs> Fisher. Isla Fisher's in this movie. Um, and then what's the other one? Oh, when they first, the gang breaks up and he scoops like, what are we going to do now? Should I try a Scooby-Doo voice? I haven't tried to do a voice in so long. I'm not going to. No, can't do it. <laughs> that wasn't bad. This is a noise. That wasn't bad. Uh, she's like, what are we going to do now, Shaggy? He says, well, we're, we're going to do what we do best, Scoob. And it cuts to them in the mystery machine, which is kind of cool. I guess they got to keep the mystery machine when the gang split up. Yeah, uh, when they split up, they all kind of go to their own vehicles, I guess. Yeah. So th- they don't travel together. There's smoke coming out, and he says, talk about toasted. And then it turns out they're just... And he's, yeah, they're just giggling, and it turns out that they're making... Eggplant and chocolate Egg, burgers. Eggplant burgers. Because they Shaggy is a vegetarian. Because Casey Kasem was a vegetarian. I think they were keeping it true to Casey Kasem. Although at one point they do say that they tried to eat a hot dog costume. But I guess that doesn't count as not being vegetarian. But yeah, I'm pretty sure if you follow along in the movie to everything they eat, they're always eating vegetarian. And of course, everything they eat, like the show, is fucking disgusting. Yeah. Well, and they also acknowledge that like Scooby snacks are vegetarian yeah that's what she yeah, isla fisher as shaggy's love interest mary jane likes to eat scooby snacks because they're vegetarian they never do explain how a in-universe wide selling product is called scooby snacks but we can maybe assume that scooby is named after the snack i guess well, maybe they also give him a, a first name in this movie i think it was scoobert scoobert <laughs> do and like shaggy's name was it norville yeah norville shaggy what's his last name jones isn't it no it's fred jones yeah fred jones was it rogers shaggy rogers yes i think so it doesn't say on imdb velma dinkley i believe i don't know i can't think of daphne's last name blake daphne blake sure that's problem i'm sure that's correct But yeah, I think this movie does a pretty, and obviously, like we said at the top, it was originally supposed to lean harder into the more PG-13 elements. But I think they have enough to go, hey, if you liked the old cartoon, here's some stuff for you. If you think Shaggy smokes pot, here's a couple things for you. There's one joke where they're, they're switching bodies at one point because that's what the plot dictates. And when he Shaggy ends up in Daphne's body, he comments that she's clearly just starving herself, which yeah. is a darker little bit of business. Oh, there's also the fact that Fred looks at her boobs while he's in. Yeah, immediately. immediately. I can look at myself naked. Yeah. Um, the, so there's, yeah, exa- there you go. Right there. Something for the adults. Like, look at the, look at Sarah Michelle Gellar's boobs. The one example, for some reason, the example that always jumps out at me as a movie that completely botches this is, did you ever see the Mike Myers cat in the hat? I think so. Unfortunately, there's a bit. So you know how a gardening tool called a hoe yeah. can also be in term, you know, a, a, a mean thing to say to a woman? Yes. So at one point, he steps on a hoe or sees a hoe or something and then picks it up and goes, dirty hoe, and then stares directly into the camera. That's a thing that happens in the live action Cat in the Hat. I'm not even making that up. It sounds like I'm making that up. No, I no, <laughs> I, I'm, Yeah. So that's exactly that's an example of a movie that completely botches the whole like, here's something for the adults. It's like, I guess, but not really. And to be clear, like that is exactly what Shaggy would have been like had Mike Myers taken that role. Yeah. So thank God, (laughs) I guess. Thank God we didn't let Mike Myers near this one. Doesn't he he has a Netflix show starting like today? Very soon. Hmm. Uh, I had another thought about that balancing act but it's gone oh just in terms of how do you feel this movie works as gateway horror for kids because scooby-doo is often credited even to this day as being kind of a good soft way to introduce young kids to the idea of spookiness yeah i think so also tells you that real that humans are the real horror 
gigantic is a thing well i mean not so much this movie but in general i was gonna say not yeah definitely not this movie because the real horror ends up being let's get into it so (laughs) i didn't watch too much back in the day and i didn't this time either past scooby-doo where are you the original iteration of the show which has a laugh track and so did the flintstones and that never failed to be just fucking crazy to me um I didn't really watch when they started to bring in additional characters. I think he started to show up right at the end of Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Cause I do remember seeing a couple episodes with like his cousin, Scooby dumb. And his whole thing is that he's an idiot and that gets old quick. But the one I never watched, I've seen enough clips to know. And I forget even what his relationship to Scooby is. So I'm going to say it's his nephew or something. I think that's right. It's Scrappy-Doo. And he is not a well-liked character. He is shown in a flashback in this movie, and he basically is doing the thing he did on the show, which is just, oh, if I see a ghost, let me at him. I'll rock him and I'll suck him. And like, just a hyperactive. Yeah, just a hyperactive little like, oh my God, shut shut up. So in this movie, they basically just show that Except instead of the gang going, oh, Scrappy, they hate it. As also they pisses should. on Daphne. He pissed. That was also a funny line <laughs> when he's like, it was an accident. You were marking your territory. So they abandon him by the side of the road. And that's the end of the flashback. And at that point in the movie, it's maybe halfway through at most. So you go, oh, OK, that's cool. They acknowledge that they don't like Scrappy-Doo because we don't like Scrappy-Doo. And apparently James Gunn fucking hates Scrappy-Doo. I do. Can we touch on the fact that Velma says like as she's sharing this flashback with random bar guy that I don't know even gets a name as her. Yeah, her love interest, not lesbian love interest. Yeah, that kind of apparently that might have actually been why he's in the movie. And it feels like it that those scenes were crammed in at the last minute where she just meets some guy on the island and they sort of have a romance. It really does feel like, look, people are going to think Velma's gay, but Velma Velma likes dudes. So let's put this guy in there. Yeah. Which is, yeah, like you said, I don't think he has a name. He's in that scene and then he shows back up at the end. Basically. That's, that's really it for guy who's there so kids don't have to learn about homosexuality in 2002. So she's she's telling love interest number one about, you know, their, their, the good old days with Scrappy. And then she says, he's not even a puppy it's a gland issue which is a good addition because i think you know when eventually here's the reveal he's comes out as the villain of the entire movie and they're just kind of knocking him around and smashing him into walls if it was an actual puppy you'd go that's kind of dark like that's scooby's nephew that he's just punching but it's a nice little line to be like oh yeah 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 it's fine he's actually an adult dog it's okay if we hit him so yeah that's the the big twist at the end is Mondavarius his plan is oh god what is he he brings them to the island because teenagers who are coming as rowdy college teenagers are then leaving mindless well-behaved drone people and he's going why why is this happening I want to figure that out which I will also now use to spotlight two other things Uh, One, I highly enjoyed when they learn of this plan, they learn of it by stumbling into uh, a video that they use to hypnotize all the kids, which is done. I will always, always laugh at parodies of 50s PSAs, like always. That shit's hilarious to me. I own DVDs that are just those PSAs from the 50s. And they're just the funniest thing. When they have to do the, like the over the top, bad teen talk in their back and forth and at the end he just looks at the camera smiles and goes word i don't know that made me laugh um something else i'm going to point out and i don't know how to do it without sounding like a creep so i'm just gonna say it so you have an island full of college students partying on the beach and at one point i noted There was not a single bikini to be found anywhere in any of the group shots. And then when I had that realization, and again, I'm trying not to sound creepy. That was just doing, you know, 
my my cinematic research, I would start looking in the crowd shots. And it was always at most a one piece, but usually, you know, shorts and a tank top. And I was like, I wonder if that was an actual like, look, this is a kid's movie. No bikinis. It's like, it's the beach and they're college kids. That's maybe the most unrealistic thing in a movie with giant monsters possessing people's souls. I don't know. No, you're... No, you're right. I, I, I don't think there were any bikinis. There wasn't really... Like, they're on an island, and yeah, they don't seem to really be taking advantage of the fact that it's an island. Yeah. And any references to alcohol are cut. Someone spikes Fred's root beer, and in the deleted scene with Velma singing it's implied that she's drunk but then Mondavarius that says basically like hey does she know that whatever the name is she's drinking has no alcohol in it yeah she's acting drunk when she gives like the the scrappy new flashback yeah so that that's that scene number one yeah Yeah, that that's the scene that should have ended with her singing the song so yeah again doesn't add or take away anything from the movie it was just an, an just a thing i noted while I was watching it to go, huh, I want that that's wardrobe must have been directed like, look, tasteful swimsuits. It could also be because they're supposed to be like, you know, brainwashed. And this is what they they wear as brainwashed people. I don't know. I also enjoyed when we first see the brainwashed teen beating up her friend. I believe when she picks him up and throws him, she yells, get up off of my grill. Yeah. In her drone voice. So that kind of made me chuckle. But yeah, so, okay, what, is, what in the fuck is the villain's plot? So he's turning, he's stealing their souls yes. or like for their protoplasm because yeah. they, they are removed from their body and they become protoplasmic heads. And then he is taking that essence to make himself more powerful. But he needs uh, a right? pure, yeah, but he needs a pure soul to finish the process which is scooby yeah and we assume it's gonna be to take over the world but then it like when we find out that mondavarius is actually scrappy doo in a human suit which and he's brought scooby-doo to the island essentially as revenge for them rejecting him but he is also trying to complete the ritual yes so he can become this big bad cgi dog and then i'm not sure was he planning to destroy the world from there yeah i think the weird demon things were then going to continue to just take over yeah so demons have taken over the human hosts so if you put your the protoplasmic piece of you back into your body the demon monster will be forced out and then sunlight will kill it yeah they need our skin suits to be able to exist in sunlight yeah so that's why they're taking over and they're going to leave the island, which I assume at the end, all the ones who have already left the island over the course of the last two years are okay. I guess so. Cause like they show the protoplasmic heads just kind of boop over the yeah. water. So theoretically they'll get, they'll get home eventually. There was a pretty good bit of business too, where Shaggy's pulling out all the heads of his friends and then just pulls out some random guy. He's like, Oh, thank God you saved me. And he's like, Oh, sorry. No, not you. Sorry. I'm looking for my friends and just puts that head right back. I thought that was a, yeah fun little bit of business but then uh yeah also too uh there's a weird one-off line after so they defeat scrappy and when they're all leaving he's being taken away in a carrier and velma says because the news crew rolls up and they go oh how did you know and velma says oh this time around the villain was scrappy cornelius dude fuck i remembered his middle name who was corrupted by the powers of the... So then it insinuates that he was also possessed and not doing this under his own free will. He totally was. He's such a little shit. Yeah, which felt... I don't know. It didn't feel like it lined up with... Yeah, it felt like it didn't line up with what we just saw. But also, you don't... You just say Scrappy Doo's a dick. Like, it felt like someone at some point went, look, there are people who like Scrappy Doo. You cannot just make him the bad guy. And then said, throw in this line that he didn't want to be doing it. And then totally did. Yeah, I I don't know. It just felt weird. And then he was about to say, I would have gotten away with it. It wasn't for you meddling sons of bitches, but they close the door and I thought that was great. I thought that was good, too. 
And then Fred and Daphne make out. I forget if they're still a couple in the second movie. I assume so. That felt unnecessary. I don't think anyone was really rooting for them to get together, but sure. And uh, then, then Scooby and Shaggy eat hot peppers over the end credits, which also oh, and, led they, to- and they do find Mondovarius. He was a real person and he was apparently just locked in a sewer for two years. For two years. <laughs> Like, what a weirdly dark thing to just sweep away. Could have been two months. Didn't have to be that long. But no, he's been in a hole for two years. Scrappy was not the quickest in his planning. No, it took him a really long time to get to where he needed to be. But yeah, there's a few red herrings throughout the movie that don't add up to much. Um, I guess it kind of does fly in the face of what I was saying before about that there's not really a mystery to solve. They do give you suspects. It's just... Like there's like a voodoo guy who just kind of disappears from the movie. And then there's this like wrestler guy that Daphne eventually fights. Um, yeah. You know, and then there's like, I have like a henchman guy. It says a lot that I don't know any other names, but. I don't know. They, the one guy had a really dumb name. It was like Ngoo and Ngoo something was the 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 henchman wrestler dude uh what the hell was his name oh yeah pamela anderson is in the movie oh yeah pam anderson shows up at the beginning which is funny because what i assume they were trying to go for is on the old scooby-doo scooby-doo met a lot of celebrities they make actually at one point they say you know you something he did at don knott's christmas party because don knott's was on an old scooby-doo scooby-doo would meet batman there's a direct to dvd movie where he works with food network chefs like um bobby flay so that was a scooby-doo thing so it's fun to go and see in 2002 like who do we pull like who's the celebrity and it was apparently pam anderson and sugar ray and yeah mark mcgrath from sugar ray i mean the whole band is there but i bet in 2000 yeah it might have been fun to see the band as evil there's a couple fun bits where they're possessed and trying to attack people but it's very 2002 and it's who will people be excited to see? Whereas now it'd be like Mark McGrath, I think would just be showing up on set and they'd go just point the camera over there. I don't know what this is. I'm like, even in 2002, like Pam Anderson, really? Yeah, that is, that is a weird pull because kids are going to go, who's that? And adults will go, I forget, but there's a reason we used to care. Yeah. Um, yeah, so his name was Ngutuana. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Oh, there are fart jokes, too. Um, oh. Just one. It One very long one. Yeah, which, again, I can't hold it against the movie too much. It's 20 years old and it's a kid's movie, but it is always kind of disappointing when they go to the fart joke. The only reason it kind of works is because of Matthew Lillard's body language. Yeah. Uh, he, and, he and Scooby are having a fart competition, and he, like, what is he, like burps and then grabs it and then pretends to like shake it shove it back into his mouth turn it into a fart and he's like stamping his foot in the fart like he's like changing pitch i also really liked because like i was watching it on on prime stars which i think we've covered the the subtitles are terrible on stars but the subtitles for that were just scooby and shaggy breaking wind and it's like, <laughs> for 90 seconds that yeah. subtitle never just, left the screen Breaks wind, breaking wind, wind breaks. <laughs> continuous wind breaking. I did really like too when they're hiding after that scene, like they hide in like the suits of armor and crap, like as the bad guys come in. And the first thing that they say when they come in is, What's that smell? Yep, that was pretty good. Um, as far we... as fart jokes go, it was actually priests. It was, they were solid fart jokes. Yeah, again, Matthew Lillard sells it. So yeah. I didn't mind. But yeah, as soon as Scooby lay down and farted, I was like, oh, God, I remember this. But yeah, it wasn't as bad as I was anticipating. Then I guess the one person we didn't really talk about is Rowan Atkinson as Mondavarius, but he doesn't he's, have he's that much to do. Yeah, like he does a little Rowan Atkinson stuff when you first meet him and he doesn't do a lot of comedy. He's an okay, like he's not much of a villain. He's not around for much of the movie. And then when he yeah. is comes out as evil, he becomes scrappy Doo pretty fast. He does have one bit I liked where he's explaining his evil plan to Scooby and Scooby gets distracted by a bobblehead at one point. I liked that. 
we're just mid mid sentence. He's just like, what's that? And he's like, that's a cat with a bobbing head. Please don't touch that. That was probably his only real bit where I was like, that was funny, but it is kind of weird to get Rowan Atkinson and not let him be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had one more thought. It is kind of too bad because I feel like most of the cast has disowned this movie in the years since um, James Gunn, I remember, came out on Twitter not too, too long ago and because someone was like, oh, it's so weird. Like, I wonder how he feels about the fact that he has his name attached to these now that he's, you know, a big deal. And he was like, I'm fine with it. Like, I had fun on those movies. So yeah. I'm, I'm proud of that, which can conf- I don't know. It's weird because I was looking at the IMDb stuff and they say, oh, Sarah Michelle Geller came out against this movie. Someone asked her, hey, what movie would you forbid your kids from watching? I know what you did last summer or Cruel Intentions. And apparently she said, oh, Scooby-Doo. And I tried to find that interview and I couldn't. Okay. So I'm taking all of that with a grain of salt. The only thing I could find is she posted a picture on her Instagram of posing with a guy dressed like Shaggy and a person dressed like Scooby. And she's like, oh, I met these two gentlemen. Something about them seemed very familiar. So I was like, okay, there you go. You're in Scooby-Doo. You're okay with that. But from everything I've heard is like every single cast member except Matthew Lillard hates this movie and i couldn't i mean they made a sequel so i don't know i don't know what there is to hate like i don't know i don't understand it either i still had fun watching this movie 20 years later i was not mad at the end of this movie like yeah it strays a little from the show but a lot of the characters seem largely faithful i guess i mean fred's not really a dick on the show he's just kind of a boring you know come on gang let's go do this i do like that this movie poked fun at again the show does seeming does seem to do that where every time his plan is like daphne you and i will go do this so i like that the movie acknowledged that that's always part of his plan but the only thing i was kind of missing in the movie is an elaborate chase scene set to a goofy pop song because boy there was a lot of that in the show so i was kind of missing that here they kind of do it when like scooby and shaggy and uh daphne are trying to get away from the monsters a little kind bit of, but we don't I, really it doesn't really go i wanted more like the goofy thing where they're opening up different doors in a hallway and then yeah like, I, don't know, I wanted that bit but a lot of the tropes of the show were there i wish they had done more with hey here's real monsters but like I think the the characters are pretty good. I think that there's a lot of funny parts. Not no, not all of it hits. At one point, Velma says, "Let's get jinky with it," and I kind of wanted to die. But whatever, it's one line. It was still fun to hear Matthew Little say "zoinks." I don't know. I I I liked it. I would. I try. I left it on when my youngest came home from daycare. And she was, I was like, let's see, let's see how she reacts. And so she sat and watched it for a bit and she went, daddy, turn this off. It's too loud. (laughs) Okay. I guess that's that. She may be a little young to appreciate the the joys of Scooby-Doo. It was also right before the Scrappy stuff, which I feel Mm. like if anything was going to scare kids, it would probably be when Scrappy turns into the big Scrappy monster and is picking them up and threatening to eat people and screaming and and then when he turns back and it does it very gradually and his like head is falling over and he's kind of like a little grotesque looking that would probably yeah be a little freaky for i think that was the closest part in the movie to okay that might be intense for kids but in a couple years i'd probably have no issues showing them this no they'd probably like it I honestly kind of want to watch the sequel. Like I only saw it one time in 2004 and that was it. So yeah, I'm sure that I've seen the sequel, but like, I couldn't tell you anything about it. I feel uh, like it might go a little harder at being for kids. If I remember it right, there's a reason I think I only watched it one time. And I, I feel like it might lean harder into slapstick like there's some slapstick in this the trap goes wrong and they're swinging around on pulleys and crashing into the ceiling and stuff like that but for the most part there isn't too much prat falling and people falling down no which is good but i feel like the second one probably went 
a little further in that direction. That. But I'm kind of curious to find out now. I had part of the plot of this confused with, I think, one of the animated movies. Because, like, I did see, like, I watched, like, basically all of the Scooby-Doo available to me when I was, like, a kid. I, I really enjoyed So in Scooby-Doo. 2002? Yeah, basically. Like, a few yeah. years before that. But I'm trying to remember which of the animated movies. I don't think it's Super Matters. There was one with also some voodoo stuff. There's a lot of Scooby-Doo movies, it turns yeah. out. A lot. There was one, I think, even just called Scooby-Doo on Voodoo Island or something like that. I think that that was probably the one that I'm thinking of, that it was like kind of sort of similar. We we used to put them on when Clara, I think I've said her name before, it's fine, was pretty young because we were like, oh, she'll be fine. It's a dog and there's songs. And there was one where Scooby-Doo meets Kiss and we have cute video of Clara dancing to I Was Made for Loving You by Kiss. And that sequence would end and she'd be like, again. So for a brief period, she was really into Scooby-Doo meets Kiss. And we were like, this is fine. I'm okay with this. If anything, I miss that. I'd like to get them back into just watching one scene of that movie again and again. But yeah, we ended up watching a few of them when she was young. And they're pretty good. Those animated Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah, it was Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island that I was thinking of. I've never seen that one, but the internet says speaks very highly of it. I remember enjoying it, but I haven't seen it. Like, I don't know. Maybe the next theme month is just Scooby-Doo month. Maybe. Oh, then we can review the Sega Genesis game. It's so good. It's actually done as one of those 90s adventure games where you have the options on the bottom of the screen, like open, talk to, pull. And so you go around this house and solve a mystery and put the... Oh, I remember we rented, my brother and I rented that. We were like, oh, this is a Scooby-Doo game. And we went out and bought a strategy guide eventually. And like, because there was two mysteries and we were like, we have to at least solve this one. And we got so stuck that we went to a convenience store and bought a strategy guide. And you got to remember back in the day, rentals were for one night. So we were just staying up till ungodly hours going to convenience stores. Like we got to fucking beat this one level of Uh, Scooby-Doo. I think it's pretty rare now, so... You know, but if you have a Sega Genesis and some money, I, I think that game would hold up pretty well. And I'm, I don't expect it to be re-released anytime soon. But boy, that would be incredible to get a remastered Scooby-Doo for the Genesis. I really like the Scooby-Doo game for GameCube when that was a thing. Uh, I, I have one. There's a bunch of those too. I have one of them. Night of a Thousand, Night of a Hundred Frights. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, it was. The library has a copy of that on PlayStation Two. Every time I'm there, it's the only PlayStation 2 game on the shelf, and it makes me so happy every time to see it there. So in the end, I think we're both pro Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Well yeah, done. And, and I think, you know, we can say that since this is Matthew Lillard, we can say that Matthew Lillard did a superb job. He was yeah. the highlight of the movie. Oh, for sure. Um, are we going to rank the Matthew Lillard movies as we go? Is that a thing we're going to do? I, I don't know. Do we? I mean, it's the only time ever in a themed month where the same guest is on every episode. So we could at the end of January, I think I personally ranked them. So why not? Yeah, let's do it. Um, unlike the franchise podcasts, one. which you can go and listen to right now, flipping through franchises. But is it just still the Home Alone episodes? Yeah, maybe. But there's more coming. Maybe on May 13th. Maybe mark your calendars. Maybe it made sense to launch a horror season on May 13th. Uh, Season two of Flipping Through Franchises will be released on Friday, May 13th. (laughs) I am officially stating it here. So if anything, I'm committed. Paranormal activities, one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. So get ready for that. And uh, yeah, you can also... Why did I bring that podcast out to begin with? Oh, because we rank Ranking, yeah. Yeah, unlike that one where we all have to come to a consensus, we can each have our own separate Lillard rankings so we don't have to sit and fight for an hour. But I'm willing to fight. But yeah, yeah I think, I mean, Scooby-Doo is obviously at the top right now. Where are we really going to disagree except if next week we watch Hackers and I go, what the fuck was that movie's problem? It was way worse than Scooby-Doo. <laughs> then we're off and running. My wife insists I've seen it. She's like, we watched it together. It's like, I am so sure I've never seen Hackers. So sure. Do you, remember so the now pool on, do you remember the pool on the roof? No. Okay. I don't know what that means. Seen, then you I probably know, haven't seen Hackers. I know at one point the guy from that Sherlock CBS show leans out a window and yells, hack the planet. 
And I know yeah. that because it's a GIF. Yeah. And that's it. It's a great GIF. And Angelina Jolie is obviously in it. She has short hair. Very short hair. So there you go. But she insists. She's like, we 100% watch this together. So maybe I'll fire it up and go, oh, but I, she's, I think she's wrong. And I could say that because, yeah, she's on episodes, but she doesn't listen. So you're wrong. You said a wrong thing. <laughs> Sam, what's something you're currently enjoying? And get ready because you're going to need to do a lot of these. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I know that I said I don't watch any of the Marvel stuff, but I'm enjoying Moon Knight. I don't remember if I've shouted out Moon Knight, but yeah, maybe we can just both agree on that because I also am having trouble coming up with new stuff. So yeah, it's uh, four episodes in, episode five releasing tomorrow. So we're in the home stretch. We both agreed that we have no idea how they're going to wrap this up with only two episodes unless every episode is 90 minutes long. But Which I, I would take. Yeah, me too. I don't even think Moon Knight appeared in the last episode. So if I remember... Uh... Because no, they, they have no powers. Yeah, no. yeah. I guess. Whoa, shit. Sorry. Moon Knight spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how to handle that. So well, sorry, everyone. But uh, yeah. Just Moon the Knight. suit doesn't show up. That's all we'll say. Yeah. Moon Knight. Um, maybe I'll just put it in the show description or a warning at the top. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's really good. And again, if you don't want to hear anything about it at all, ignore this next sentence. I like that it isn't intrinsically tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Like there's no, you know, hey, did you hear about Thor? Like there's nothing like that. It's a completely isolated and maybe that completely changes in the back back too. But as it stands, they were like, no, no, no. We we just want to tell our own story and then call it a day. Which I'm good with. And I mean, it does seem pretty certain that this is not going to come back unless there's I mean, maybe in the future, who knows? Marvel does sometimes decide that they're bringing the show back. But yeah, I'm because I'm not super aware of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, having not seen anything since the first Avengers movie. Um, I'm enjoying that it's its own little self-contained thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of nice. It's 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 been a while, even when you know something like Shang Chi comes out and you go, oh, he's a new character the movie will still go, ah, remember? It's like how my mom asked if she should watch Spider-Man No Way Home. And I was like, you will have no fucking idea what is going on in that movie. None. Like they watched the first Spider-Man, which was isolated enough that they could enjoy it. And then they watched the second and they were like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. It's like at this point, you would just be texting me the whole time and going, who's this guy? And why does this matter? What is, what is any of this? Yeah, that... <sighs> makes me a little bit sad because I do really like Spider-Man and I do really want to, I, I like Tom Holland. I think he's a fun, he seems like a fun person, but I don't know that I want to commit myself to watching all that I would have to watch to understand what's happening in those movies. It, I, I mean, I don't know that I care enough. I think, you know, no offense to my mom. I have more confidence that you could put the pieces together, even if you weren't like, wait, who's that? you'd get there. Whereas she would just be like, who's this guy in the Cape? And what are they like? What are they talking about? Who's this guy? Who's this character? Why are there? I have a general awareness of the, the Marvel cinematic universe, but I was going to say something else, but I don't want to spoil Spider-Man. No way. In case somehow someone somewhere has not heard what I was about to say. So do I, do I, do I know what you were about? I assume so. It's on the the damn posters now. Yeah. They, they gave up on trying to keep it a secret a while ago, but I haven't, so I won't say it. But okay. I also feel like that aspect of the movie would have mom going like, why, what? Who why is these? this happening? Yeah, yeah, like, what is the, the multiverse? So, no. Yeah. Probably not. Um, all that to say, Scooby-Doo is good. So thank you, Sam, for joining me here today. And for all the other days, we got more Lillards to watch um thank you to everyone for listening thank you to tev sam for the theme song you can hear sam and i every two weeks on good willis hunting where things are about to take a pretty big turn there as we go from what is bruce willis up to these days to a general celebration of bruce willis uh you can still go check that out at good willis hunting uh like i said flipping through franchises season two finally releases may 13th where you will get all seven episodes 
all at once, Netflix style, which is great timing because everyone loves Netflix right now. There's certainly no backlash happening there. Maybe let's not aspire to Netflix. Who else does that? Disney Plus doesn't. Prime does. The just like Amazon Prime. Everyone loves Amazon. Well, fuck. <laughs> Announcing flipping through franchises season three, which goes back to one episode a week because. <laughs> People seem like, wouldn't it be funny if after all of this, like Netflix creators and streaming services start to go down and everyone realizes the two best ways to deliver entertainment are movie theaters and a subscription service where you get a bundle of channels that release new episodes of things every week. I don't want to go back to cable, though. Cable's not great. I just, I think that would, after all like streaming and digital is the future, if all of a sudden we just go back to like, I don't know, man, discs and movie theaters seem like the way to go. I am. I am starting. Well, I mean, for for Matthew Lillard, I've been having to dig through the old physical media archives because I, a couple of them are very difficult to find. Yeah, it's actually been kind of disappointing how tricky some of these movies are to find on disc. Like SLC Punk is out of print, even on DVD. Um, Which Scooby- is what I went digging for. <laughs> uh, Scooby Doo is pretty easy. Um, I had that one, but uh, and without a paddle is pretty easy. But Hackers is completely out of print. So I guess two, two of them, but I mean, two out of five being really hard to find is yeah. still a pretty big ratio. So, um, yeah. And uh, to close us out, obviously, Sam is going to take us uh, take us home with a classic quote from 2002 Scooby-Doo. ro shaggy. That's my Scooby-Doo. Zoinks. <laughs> Good night, everybody. So far. Nostalgic, I asked her, do 